Lauren Paler, and welcome to Currency Exchange in partnership with World Class, brought to you by Diageo. World Class is a leading voice in cocktail culture and exists to inspire people to care about what, where, and how they drink. There is a great opportunity to connect with stories of our past and inner present. There is little value in knowing our history if it is incomplete and narrated in an inauthentic way. Your voice has value, just like currency, and collectively telling our stories will play a vital role in changing the narrative. Now let's introduce this week's episode. In episode two of Currency Exchange, I chat with two individuals who represent Italy, Hanetta Lee and Francesco Galdi. Hanetta Lee is originally from South Korea and when moving to Italy five years ago, fell deeply and madly in love. Francesco Galdi is an Italian native bartender who has traveled the world and currently lives in Dubai, consulting and managing several bars. Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of Currency Exchange. I'm so excited today as I get to speak with Hanetta Lee and Francesco Galdi. Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, Lauren. Uh, first Hello. of all, thank you so much for having us. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's a pleasure and an honor of representing the country virtually for this uh, lovely chat. So thank you for having us on board. So today, as you both know, we're discussing space and place. And uh, what I wanted to do is really start this discussion off by figuring out the significance of Amari and Italian drinking culture. Do you find that it, you know, it is often something that you utilize or use to inspire you with your curation of cocktails? I I started uh, started work as a bartender in Italy. So um, my inspiration is the nature of Italy. You, you know, being a bartender in Italy is very satisfying uh, because you have such a very good quality ingredients, uh, raw mat- material at your disposal. So um, I think Italy thanks to his weather and uh, to his land, the presence of water is one of the largest producer of natural raw material, uh, such as fruit and vegetables that we need to create our cocktails. So my inspiration is the uh, nature, the, the sea, the panorama of South Italy. I love that. Um, and Francesco, what about you? How does Amari, what, what, in what ways does it influence the way that you, you know, curate drinks? Uh, Lauren, you know, speaking about Amari, I think that uh, Amari wraps up all my culture behind the bar. Uh, I think that if we want to describe Italy as a, uh, in, in a small sentence, I have to say that there is no Italian drinking culture without a taste for Amaro. Uh, it's important to give also a sense of context to this. In the, ancient, in the ancient times, the Romans were drinking already aromatized wines with herbs and barks. So we are basically wired in our DNA, Amaro is everywhere. Uh, I was in 2011, if I don't remember wrong, 
in Florence, there was a beautiful exhibition uh, uh, called Venum Nostrum. I still have the brochure somewhere. Uh, and this exhibition was centering on the wine production and consumption and habits of the old civilization of the Mediterranean. And you would have been surprised by the quantity of ingredients based on roots and herbs and wine. Uh, I'm talking about 2000 years ago. So uh, Italian and Amaro, they do rhyme together in the same sentence. Uh, there is something that we need also to, to mark and, and there is a thin line that we need to draw uh, between Amari and bitter liqueur, it's very important. Sometimes bitter liqueurs are mystified uh, from um, and uh, confused with Amaro and vice versa. The bitter liqueur that we are used to know and uh, uh, the one that accompany all our uh, uh, cultural drinks in are, are extremely, uh, there is a big array of ingredients. Uh, the bitter side is the, is the real king of aperitivo. Uh, you know, Laura, and all these reddish and beautiful glasses that you find in the piazza in Italy, uh, where people have, uh, they have aperitivo. Uh, the bitter taste itself stimulates appetite. Um, Francesco, let's talk about the piazza for people that are listening, because some people may not know what that is. Oh, well, the piazza is everything in Italy, Lauren. I mean, if you don't go to the piazza, you are no one in Italy. <laughs> I think that Annetta, <laughs> Annetta knows better than me. No, well, uh, joke besides, it's, it's the, it, the aperitivo moment for us. Uh, maybe you know, Lauren, you've been traveling around the world, so you might have experienced this firsthand yourself. It's, it's a sociable moment. It's everything about drinking and nothing about drinking. It's about being together. And yeah, there is no, it's pretty and, beautiful. It's all it about is. community. It is. It's community and it's, you know, sharing also a chat with a table close to you that you didn't know. And maybe you leave the bar with, with new friends. It's the magic moment of the aperitivo. And this aperitivo goes back to the Amaro, where we start our conversation, because everything is intertwined. Everything is connected. Uh, this bitterish taste that accompanies and stimulates your appetite. Think about the classic staple of the Italian aperitivo, right? Like Garibaldi, let's say, or Negroni, or Americano, or, or Torino Milano, Bellini, you name it. Uh, they all tends to be on the bitterish side. So I think that we really are, we Italians, we are really wired with this uh, uh, bitter and amaro taste, absolutely. There is no Italian drinking culture without amaro, honestly, there is not. I agree. Um, I grew up in a, a part of the Bronx, New York, that was predominantly Italian, and they always had a spritz in their hand or a spagliato or, you know, like something like that. And it was very, um, it was very telling that it was, it was very much embedded in their culture and who they were, which is such a beautiful thing. I totally agree with you, Lauren. Uh, you, you know, it's a um, it's part of the culture, and it's something that uh, uh, makes us all sit together on the same page. If you look at the, especially uh, looking around the cocktail worlds now and the RTD and the low ABV, and I'm thinking about what the Italian culture is all about. It that's that's the thing. You know, that's a really great point, and it raises a question. Um, what do you think mindful drinking and drinking with intentionality, drinking for purpose, how significant is that in Italy? Um, what part does that play in the drinking culture? These amaris, um, these bitter drinks, these more savory drinks that you see so culturally integrated in the day to day. 
Um, what part does that play in the way that people drink in Italy? Oh, Annetta, Loren ti, ti chiede del mindful drinking, quindi se riesci a connettere la parte di bere amaro, quindi il gusto amarognolo, il gusto del palato che noi abbiamo per l'amaro in Italia, con quello che è la parte di mindful drinking, quindi ad esempio l'OEBV, e, e quali sono i consumi in Italia, se tu pensi che la gente beva meno oppure beva meglio. Ah, oh, ok, ho capito, uh, grazie Francesco. originality and only region have has um, their typical amaro okay what about uh, you francesco what do you think oh mindful drinking and amaro you know this goes uh, we said in italy il come il cacio sui maccheroni goes like cheese on the pasta that's so connected <laughs> it's, it's it, it, it is it is it is it is i well, love that uh, Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, Lauren, I'm uh, slightly older than uh, Annette. We all know that. So allow me uh, to give an insight. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> please, Annette, go ahead. Please, please. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so um, Italians, so you need, I would say that um, Amaro is the best made of Italian uh, after dinner. And uh, each region has its typical and fresh, unique materials. Almost all the cities are, has their proper and particular Mari. So, uh, and, and many restaurants and bars also produce their own signature Amaro. Oh, wow. Uh, yes, um, for this reason, um, yes, uh, it's very common to read on the label according to an old family recipe of more than uh, 1000 years <laughs> That's so really cool. yes so um um for mindful drink italian uh, don't uh, don't drink uh, yeah. don't drink for get drunk But okay they, yeah <laughs> that makes sense drink, For the taste. Yeah, so, they drink uh, for the I flavor. That, uh, they are Italian people, definitely, uh, they, are, they drink uh, mindf mindful. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. That's beautiful. And it's great. I mean, I think that's something, the, that space is something we're definitely yes. tra transitioning a little bit more into here. Um, and it's really nice to see people enjoying drinks because of the flavor, because of the craft, because of the art. You know, because of the time it takes to that goes into creating that delicious beverage, which is beautiful, you know. Yes, and uh, yes, uh, uh, I'd like to say they drink to enjoy the taste, exactly. and they are very interested to how the alcohol product is made. So they used to try to choose um, good material, good quality of raw material and they want to know how the product has been processed from the beginning to the end 
Okay. So I, uh, I'd like to say they are, they drink, uh, they are mindful. And yes. No, uh, I love that. I think that's beautiful. For a cocktail, did you ask me for Amari for cocktails? Is it right? Yeah. Yes, Amari are traditionally served cured and neat as a digestive, but um, now as that everything old is the new again, the Italian bartenders are looking to the traditional uh, to create the new taste of cocktail. So I could say that they are using widely Amari in their creations as a trend. Uh, Amaro has first uh, become the bartender's latest best friend, adding typical Amaro Italian in small doses to light and delicate cocktail. I mm. can give the complexity to my drink. And this way, uh, in this way, it's, it's easy to see your clients, clients fall in love with your cocktails. So also Italian clients prefer the well-known taste so uh, when they see the amari as an, an ingredient in the drink list, they choose that drink very easily. That's really awesome. So what are some of, uh, Francesco and Haneta, what are some of your favorite um, classic Italian cocktails to make? My favorite. Haneta, uh... go ahead, please, please. Ladies first, of course, of course. <laughs> Oh, so kind. Um, yes, uh, in, Italy, it, in Italy, there's a lot of traditional class cocktails like Negroni, Spritz, Americano. Uh, my favorite, favorite is uh, the Spritz and uh, the aperitive cocktails. I love, I love a Spritz. It's one of my <laughs> favorites. It's uh, so good. Yes, but uh, for creating uh, some aperitif cocktails in, uh, in my twist style. Uh, maybe I saw that Italian people usually don't experiment much for drinking aperitif cocktails. They prefer the classic cocktails, I think. Mm -hmm. So um, if you suggest a drink that you created for uh, in your style to Italian clients, Maybe, probably, they will ask you, spritz normale, per favore. <laughs> what does that mean? So, uh, it's mean uh, normal spritz, uh, classic spritz. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, but I never quit inspiring, inspiring me from the Italian classic, yeah. um, like, spritz that I like to create my signature cocktails with my homemade ingredients. I uh, love that. So, in order to satisfy Italian customers, I used a uh, uh, liqueur homemade from Omija and uh, the Korean fruits, uh, very unique, mm -hmm. that taste very similar to Italian red bitter. I love that. Uh, so uh, in this way, I could create, it a unique, uh, create a unique fusion taste. <laughs> and they loved it, loved it. Yeah, that's beautiful. How, and it's so nice that you can pay homage to your home and while being innovative, right? Yes. That's beautiful. Francesco, talk to me, talk to me. Tell me a little bit about 
um, what flavors you enjoyed playing with when you were back home in Italy when you were making cocktails? Oh, Lauren, you give me basically this assist in front of the basket just to place the ball inside. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, well, I, I grew up, you, you see, Lauren, I started, this makes me so, uh, look so old. I started working, in, it was last century, it was 1999 when I started working. And uh, this is my 22nd years in hospitality. So, and when I started working, I used to be a uh, junior bartender in one of the most amazing old cafes in Turin called New Cavalbruns. Uh, it was a, such a uh, vintage cafe, you know, the classic places with crystal chandeliers and uh, uh, the, oh, it was, a, it was such an amazing place. I really think that 35% of what I am now, I owe it to that, that kind of places. It gave me the, uh, it gave me this uh, uh, fine dining yet informal way of approaching the guest. I, I really love that. that. The classic cocktails were our uh, bread and butter, you know. I never mixed a Sazerac before 2012, I, I need to tell you. So we were just about champagne cocktail. We were just about, uh, um, we were serving brandy crustas and a few other stuff. Uh, the cocktail revolution came in Italy quite late. I think it came at the end of the uh, decade, first decade of the 2000s. So mm -hmm. it came with, uh, with a major delay if you, if you think about New York and London. So we were just a little bit behind and we kept our culture of drinking very simple very straightforward i mix so many bellini that if i get one euro for every bellini i made with fresh peaches i would drive a pink lamborghini i'm telling you it's 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 crazy oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy but amaro for me or oh, the bitter taste in general for me it's a it's a huge part of my repertoire the end of bar. Uh, i love to play with amaros without the needs of mentioning any brands, any kind of Amaro mix so well in any cocktail. I still remember my first night in the aperitivo section of the bar where the head bartender gave me finally, you know, he bestowed me with trust and said, okay, you can stay in the aperitivo section tonight. Uh, try mm -hmm. not to kill, try not to kill anyone. And the place used to, <laughs> the place used to make 300 drinks per night. So it was, it was oh, great. Wow. And I still remember the first uh, order that I got was a champagne cocktail and a cardinale. And I, have, I had no idea back then what the Cardinale was. And uh, we kept this uh, IBA, uh, you know, small bar manual behind the bar. And uh, I went browsing the pages and I flicked through the pages and I found the Cardinale was a simple twist on Negroni with the uh, driver mood instead of the sweet vermouth. Oh, so, uh, I didn't know that. I was, I, was, I was 19 years old. So for me, it was a revelation. No? And I said, wow, you know, come on. That's, that's simply just like a Negroni without... Uh, driver mood. My bartender was very mean and he told me, no, you need to study and it's not uh, Cardinales, Cardinale, Negroni is Negroni. So I think that from that, from that day forward, it was a, uh, like a epiphany for me, you know. I really, I really uh, started uh, looking into the cocktails and the way they intertwine among themselves, especially the Italian drinking culture, the classic drinking yeah. culture. And the canvas, it's kind of the same. Look at the sbagliato, which is a twist on the Negronis. Look at the Cardinale. Oh my gosh, one of my favorites. Oh, sbagliato is incredible. So I have to say that for me, the Amaro is such a nice tool uh, to use behind the bar. It gives you so much latitude for experimentation. And it, it helps you as well to offset the sweetness of a drink. So if you, know, if you know how to play, and if you know especially what's inside a certain bottles of Amaro, because every single one of them, are, it's, they're very different from each other. Uh, then you know you have your trump card and uh, you can play anytime and every drink will be uh, will be amazing absolutely that sounds delicious so i have a question for both of you then 
obviously we talked a little bit about what the Italians love to drink. What about the tourists that come into town? Do they, do they lean into a lot of that, you know, we have spritz, we have Negroni, we have Spagliato, like what, what, what it is, what is it that they like to drink when they come into town? Haneta, you can probably speak to that a little better now. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that uh, Italian people prefer to consume the lower beverages before and uh, during the meals. They always drink the wine, uh, as you know. If they want to drink other things, they, the drinks should be contain less alcohol than wine, I think. <laughs> yes, um, they enjoy also the spirits, spirits. For example, they have grappa, the Italian brand oh, made from the, yes, uh, the fermented leftover after wine making mm -hmm. that usually have uh, 40 grade, but usually they drink it just after dinner. Before okay. dinner, the maximum alcohol grade that can be accepted is uh, from 13 to 15 grade that is uh, similar to loss of wine. So as I work in a restaurant, I always try to create the low alcohol cocktails according to the food pairing. So I choose the ingredients to make cocktails depending on the plate uh, that my clients choose. And so my drinks are usually fresh, fruity, and hover flavor with sparkling notes that uh, they like, the Italian people like, mm -hmm. to lince the mouth be between each plate with low alcohol, obviously. I love that. That's really cool. It's so it's so neat. And then, wait, do you think that in general, um, Italians are very health conscious? Are they are they taking care of themselves in what they eat and drink? Yes, uh, they are very responsible, res uh, drink very responsible. Responsibly. Responsibly. Is it right, yeah. Francesca? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you agree? <laughs> are you agree? Aneta, uh, Aneta, I think yes. that, uh, you know, I've been working around the world for the last uh, uh -huh. 10 years. Yes. And Italy, I think, is the only country. Well, I had in all my in all my career in Italy, I think that I had to deal with drunk guests only once, uh, if I if I remember correctly. You know, uh, we drink. Uh, uh, Lauren was saying something very important before about the flavors, and uh, I think that we drink for not for the sake of drinking, uh, mm -hmm. rather for looking for sociable moment and community, and yeah. actually enjoying the drink itself. And there is a very thick line and and, and division, uh, and this actually make italy stands out this makes me proud of of the uh, of the um uh, but it's i think it's in the culture you know i think it's something related to the culture itself uh, uh, the question of lauren was quite interesting regarding what tourists are drinking when they come to italy uh, i think we need to do some reverse engineering here lauren and think about all the young bartenders in italy they, they don't really understand that what we have in hands and they're sitting on a mountain of gold all this uh, repertoire of drinks like Lately, I've seen in few top bars around the world, they're making the bicicletta. And, oh. the, <laughs> and, and when I saw it, I said, look, it's bicicletta. And my grandfather used to drink it. And he was, I was like nine years old. I was drinking my crudino and my grandfather was drinking his bicicletta. Bicicletta is simply, you know. Can you uh, tell? Yeah. Bitter liqueur, bit, yeah, liqueur uh, dry white wine. Normally yeah. in Italy, in Piemonte, we used to, uh, uh, we were using Gavi, Gavi di Gavi. 
and so that it's very simple and and now a few top bars around the world that actually you know they are they're multi-awarded bar they're drinking this bicicletta and they're advertising like it's the drink of the century <laughs> uh, 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 yeah and it's so funny it's so funny because the name the name's bicicletta always also comes from the uh, uh they say and no i'm not sure if it's a legend or not but it comes from a uh, the fact that all these uh, uh elderly people that were actually uh, going out of the bar uh, riding their own bicicletta you know their own bicycle going um yeah so, bicicletta the bicicletta and it's so funny I, a few days ago i made a well a few weeks ago i made a shift in buddha bar in dubai here and the my bar manager made made a wonderful pitch bicicletta Uh, with Saki and Prosecco, and, and I looked at him and said, "Oh, Pichicletta." <laughs> so, my my appeal—I'm appealing to the young bartenders out there in Italy—and say, "Look, guys, you're sitting on a mountain of goals. Don't roll your eyes when someone is asking for a spritz or an americano because maybe they're not complicated drinks and they're not hyper mixology cocktail. They're so cool. They're the perfect canvas to to to, to experiment with." Just try to make the best spritz and the best American in town. Keep it, keep it genuine. Keep it. Uh, Absolutely. Try. Yeah, this is so important. This is so important because tourists eventually, when they come to Italy, they won't enjoy that. And yeah. it makes me, it makes me jiggle when I see bars around the world experiment with the Italian culture and actually getting awards and being, you know, nominated for this prize or that prize. And Italy, yeah. we are, we, we don't think that, that 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 those cocktails are worthy of mentioning our menus, and uh, it's strange. But you know what? It says a lot about how people, and 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 I guess it depends on the circumstances in which they are um, attributing the origin, right? But it says a lot about how many people truly appreciate classic cocktails. I think this so, Lauren. No, yeah, I think so. Is, uh, and it's also, I think it's a uh, uh, the. Uh, the perfect example of how important is go back to the heritage whatever the country it is you know i've been lucky enough to travel around the world and now my position allows me to experiment with different cuisine and different drinking style so every time before making a menu i'm trying to basically uh, nose dive into the culture of, of 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 that particular menu if it's indian it's levantine it's african or it's 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 you know spanish there is so much to learn and uh, the only things we need to do is appreciation appreciate what the culture is all about what the flavors are all about and then mm-hmm. it's easy once you know the classic it's the perfect it's the perfect start from that canvas yeah. you can play around as long as you wish yeah i agree with you appreciate the cocktails but also ensure that we are always um sharing the origin stories of where they come from so that we're respecting their past and yeah. honoring their present right Definitely. um There's a lot of modern integration into cocktails and I love it. I love the innovation, but I always, always advocate for ensuring that we are always telling their origin stories appropriately and accurately. It's, it's all awards, uh, Lauren. I think that I agree 199% with you. It's so important to be genuine and to convey the right message to the, uh, to the guest, uh, honoring, as you said, the path of the cocktails. It's so important, yeah. I love that. All right, so we talked a lot about drinks. But we didn't mm-hmm. talk about food, and Italian food is delicious. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> that's why I'm here in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Yes. That's why. That's why you never left, Annetta. Say the oh, truth. I, that's why you never left. I want. I want to come back to Korea. <laughs> <laughs> well, Korean, Korean, that. 
Korean food is delicious as well. I can. Yeah, it's so that. good. It is. It is. It is. It I'm is, actually is. envious of both of you. I I love to eat, but that's why I work out so much. You know. <laughs> um, same here, Lauren. Same here. Yeah. I don't work. I don't work out for the muscles. I work out for the pizza. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you both. Um, obviously, we drink and we eat, and they they go together. Um, what are some of your favorite pairings with Italian food and and Italian cocktails. What are your, some classic pairings? Oh, uh, yes. Um, they basically prefer eating their typical plates and uh, there are a lot of uh, raw material, very the quality. But I think that they are very open to try the new food culture in this period nowadays they are addicted to the asian food like sushi and hawaiian pork so they i think they eat uh, more more sushi uh, than uh, that i i eat sushi <laughs> oh yeah so what cocktail Just, would you pair uh, so for cocktail maybe uh, i as uh, a uh, bartender in a restaurant, uh, restaurant, I mm -hmm. see always that they prefer uh, to drink wine. In fact, uh, they, uh, about drinking, but uh, they drink a lot of wine, but they also drink a lot of cocktails, but not too much sweet. Yeah. Maybe before eating, they enjoy some cocktails like uh, aperitivo, spritz, negroni. With, but uh, um, they they prefer always low amount of alcohol and yeah. or some sparkling wine. Indeed, um, yes. If you if you are invited by Italian friends, the first thing that they serve you as a welcome drink is uh, just a sparkling wine with some olives. <laughs> delicious yes like taralli which is the typical snack uh, from oh. bari the city i live in yes and ferrali what is ferrali taralli is uh, the snack uh, from a, a pulian snack of from bari the city i live in it's very famous uh, for aperitivo oh i love that Oh, so let me ask you, uh, actually, Francesco, I want to hear from you as well. What are your favorite pairings, food and drink? Uh, Lauren, my electoral promise to you is that I will send you a bag of taralli. And oh then my you try... gosh. <laughs> and then you try this taralli with some vermouth and soda. And then oh you can, then you will vouch for it for the rest of your life. Now, uh, as Annetta rightly said, I think that I have to, uh, uh, I'm agreeing with her on, uh, on the majority of things she said. Uh, pairing cocktails and food in Italy, it's, it's not a blasphemy at all. In the last few years, there, is a, there was a uh, shift in, in, in the palate of the people. They start to understand that cocktails are not just enjoyable items to use with friends, but also something you can place on a table and deserve the, uh, the deserve their own places. Yeah. Uh, my best pairing that I did uh, when I was managing a, a beautiful hotel in Milano called the Yard Hotel, I was the F&B manager there, and we established this food and pairing uh, um, program. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the best pairings we did was very simple, vermouth and soda and pizza. And it's 
incredible. Uh, it's very simple and very uh, uh, very appealing. Uh, it goes perfectly with the with the dough of the pizza. The vermouth and soda is quite refreshing and bitterish somehow. So it's creating a perfect um, a perfect pairing. Uh, I would say that every cocktail with bitter part of it, with a, with a bitter part, uh, it's, it it fits perfectly with the food. It's offsetting the uh, greasiness, for example, of a plate of pasta. I recently had a uh, plate of carbonara uh, with with a Negroni uh, that maybe. Uh, it's not. It's not the best things to say to my grandmother. She might. She might kill me if I say that I pair a corba carbonara with the negroni. But oh, in general, no. but in general, if it's it's so fresh and so nice, it's really you know washing yeah. out your palate before the uh, before the next bite of this wonderful creamy carbonara. Uh, uh, oh there is gosh. so there is so much to experiment out there. Uh, Aneta said something very interesting regarding the low ABV, yes. and, and I can really vouch for that. Uh, in my menus, for example, in Milano, there was a point where we started uh, stating also the ABV content in cocktails, you know, 29, 23, 22. And people were actually very um, percentage conscious. They were actually, they wanted to know, they wanted to know how much alcohol they were drinking. First of all, uh, because of the drink and drive rules in Italy, they are very severe. You might have, uh, you might see your license, uh, driving licenses for 10 years, if anything happens. So uh, they're very conscious of that. And then secondly, people want to have a funny night, enjoyable night and drink uh, as long as they can uh, with very nice balanced cocktail without too much alcohol. And that's something that I really appreciate of the Italian, Italian clientele. It's, it's uh, a table might have three, four, five rounds of drinks without any problems. All eyeballs, yeah. fresh and cool cocktails. So I remember we made a uh, eyeball that uh, used the uh, used the canvas of the Bellini, and we made this beautiful Bellini eyeball, and it was selling like it was selling like like uh, super fast, and it was so easy. And ABV wise, it might have been you know eight nine ABV, eight percent. So it was a very refreshing drink. And people love that, and they're not asking for for make it stronger or for for yeah. uh, anything anything else. They were just okay with it, and he was pairing so well with the uh, taralli with all his with cheese platter. So it was yeah, that's delicious. That sounds great. So uh, Haneta touched on this a little bit earlier when she was talking about how she takes her um, you know influence from fruits from her uh, home country and integrates them into what she does in Italy. Would you say in general that surrounding countries influence innovation or food and beverage in Italy at all? Uh, Lauren, I'd say that if you look at the South Mediterranean area and Greece, South of France and Italy, uh, the combination, uh, all the South Mediterranean area is a multi melting pot of culture. So, uh, and if you look at the tables and what we drink inside our glass, it's very similar. It's very similar. I have to say that uh, lately, for example, in Italy, I've witnessed a, uh, uh, a second youth for the sherry. People are developing a, uh, a massive taste for sherry in cocktail. And in general, surrounding, surrounding countries are giving, in, giving and take from the Italian culture of uh, food and drinks. Uh, there is a beautiful uh, combination of, of culture uh, mixing in there. Um, what surprised me the most, Lauren, is that one of the uh, few of the best restaurants I visited in Milano when I was there last time were mm -hmm. all these small ethnic places uh, uh, managed by this amazing and blooming community of immigrants in Italy. They have this wonderful uh, entrepreneurial uh, 
entrepreneurial spirit and they managed to have these beautiful restaurants i remember that i had dinner in one place in uh, and it was an african restaurant it was a uh, it was a kenya restaurant kenya inspired restaurants with kenya dishes in turin and it was so nice it was so nice so uh, the beautiful things about italy is that if 25 30 years ago you would you would have opened a chinese or japanese restaurants uh, mm-hmm. you would have bet you know your life that in three four months you would be out of business there was no space and place for you because uh, it was just italian italian cuisine but now the yeah, italians are yeah. developing a taste and palate for for also the uh, the other cuisine and this is uh, another example of uh, our country somehow developing on a palate sense of you, and uh, uh, we have this uh, very snob attitude that Italian food and drinking is the best culture in the world. Whereas every culture is worth of mentioning, and every culture is worth of being tasted and appreciated. So oh, yeah, that, I yeah, agree. That's, that's so important. So important. I agree, Hanata. Do you have anything to add there? Hello, hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome back, Hanata. Welcome back. Uh, yes, I agree with Francesco. I, I said that um, Italians are very proud of their products. So they always says that Italian salumi and cheese are the best in the world, uh, as the Francesco already said. Uh, so those also for drinking culture. They are very proud of their wines. I agree. Each resin has their typical good quality products. So for me, it's difficult to say that the other countries can influence innovation for food and beverages, Italian culture. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Lauren, I'm, I'm imagining myself going to my father and telling him that French wines are better than Italians. I can oh see my gosh. I can, I, can see, I can see him easily, you know, taking, pulling out the rifle from the drawer. Ah! <laughs> no, but what, what Aneta said is true. You know, there is a, a sense of uh, uh, some sort of uh, we have the best products and we have the best cheeses and we have the best wines, which is something that it's okay. I mean, every country is like this. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to traveling around. I understand that. But the new generation is actually developing a taste for better context. And uh, uh, it's not about better. It's not about being the best. It's all about being mm-hmm. different. It's, it's so important. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Um, and it, it reminds us to to be grateful for the the discoveries and the history of our respective countries, right? And and then in instances and moments where there are, um, you know, countries like America, for instance, we're kind of a melting pot. There's so much influence um, that we can pay homage to our family and our history as well, and integrate it into what it is in, in our craft, which is a beautiful thing. Um, no, this is so great. You two are so wonderful. I have one last question for you both. Um, it's a question that I've come to love asking individuals who come on Currency Exchange. So if you could eat anything and drink anything in Italy today, whether it's just something your parents make you, your nonna or nonni, or you know, a restaurant that you love, what would it be in Italy? Annetta, all yours. I'm thinking about it because I have six dishes and six wines in my mind. So Annetta, go first. <laughs> Annetta, go first. I'll, I'll help me on this. Uh, uh, about cocktail? No. Uh, your favorite meal and drink in Italy. Ah, oh, okay. 
Um, yeah, uh, so, uh, yes, I'd like to uh, present the another traditional liquor like Amari in the Southern Italy that I love uh, so much. Um, it called it called Rosolio. Rosolio is an, uh, an ancient style of Italian liqueur, which are often homemade. Mm -hmm. And it's traditionally offered to guests as a sign of good luck and hospitality. Oh, I love that. So the Rosolio had, yes, the Rosolio had disappeared from bars and restaurants, surviving only as a homemade liqueur of grandmother, a mother. So, mm -hmm. uh, yes, but nowadays many Italian liqueur companies product Rosolio with the fresh local ingredients and many Italian bartenders use Rosolio as an, an ingredient for their signature cocktail. So I want to, I'd like to present uh, to my parents uh, with this typical Amaro, a uh, liqueur, Losolio. I love, I love it. that. I love that. What about meal? Your favorite meal in meal? Italy right um, now? Your favorite yes. meal? Uh, in Bari, where I live in, there's, uh, there's a plate. It calls, calls um, Braciola. <laughs> Mamma mia, Braciola. Mamma mia, Braciola. Netta. Don't in talk about Bracciola, please. The, <laughs> what's what's Bracciola? <laughs> oh, wow. The, uh, meat, meat, meat um, in the tomato sauce that uh, is made by mamma and nonni. For, uh, and it's, it's been cooked for many hours, like uh, six, six hours, seven hours. So they the nonne, the, the, the grandmothers um, prepare, uh, prepare in the morning, very early morning at the five o'clock, they, uh, they wake up uh, to prepare this plate. So wow. uh, for me, it's the plate of amore. Ah, it's a plate of love, I love that. It, uh, it warmed me up very, and, because I'm uh, alone in Italy, so yeah. sometimes the mom, the mama, the, the mothers of my friends uh, make make me this plate. So oh, I, that's I, so I, nice. <laughs> that's lovely. Oh, okay, Francesco, tap that. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless with the description of Annetta when she said the plate of amore, and uh, I, I think that, 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 that actually that what defines the best food in the world, right? Beside techniques and beside the best raw material, if anything is done with amore, with love, uh, it, yeah. the, the taste, the taste is definitely different. For me, I'm like tearing up. I'm so homesick now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, you made, you made me too, girls. So you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very, uh, I'm a very gentle heart. So. When I when Aww. I hear this, I, I I melt. No, well, for me the uh, something that I crave for uh, is uh, the pasta we made from my nonna. Uh, she she was from Apulia, the same region that Annette is living. Oh. So she used to make ah. orecchiette. Ah, yeah, yeah, of course, from Ustunia, Annette. 
Romustuni. So she used to make this orecchiette. Orecchiette means uh, in English, literally translated, means a small hair. So it looks like a small hair. And um, and they're usually uh, comes with any sauce you like it. You can do with pesto, you can do with cime di rapa, you can do with with the, with the tomato sauce. And she used to make this wonderful on Sunday morning. She used to make this. And I remember that my grandfather back in the day used used to sneak me an half glass of wine to top up with soda. So that would be that would be the things I would love to have today. Uh, just a plate of orecchiette and some nice uh, red wine. I would go for a glass of barbarespi. Oh. And uh, and I'm set for the day. You know, you had me at uh, uh, these two choices, orecchiette and barbarese. Oh my gosh! Yes, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is. It is. I love How it. How amazing is that? <laughs> now my mouth is like watering because I want pasta okay. with meat sauce and good wine. And that's so you delicious. Make, you, you make me hungry, girls. Huh? You make me hungry now. You I have to come, do, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come. We're gonna plan it. It's gonna be beautiful and amazing. Uh, you two are so so wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today and everyone listening. I think um, that it's just really, really beautiful to be able to have these conversations with individuals who aren't in the U.S. so that those listening can gain a little bit of perspective. Before we conclude, I'm going to throw out a cocktail that everyone at home can make that inspired by this conversation. So what we're gonna do is a Negroni variation or a Boulevardier variation because we're doing bourbon. With bullet bourbon, we're going to take our vermouth. There's so many vermouths out there. Um, depending on what flavors you're looking to really embody. I love Comparto Antica and I, I take dates and I roast them and I let them sit in the vermouth for 24 hours. And then I take my Campari um, so I do equal parts, one, 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 stir that, pour it over a beautiful rock, top it with a tiny bit of soda water, because I love that fizzante, uh, and then a beautiful orange peel, and it's delicious. One of my favorites. It's so uh, good. Lauren, I need one right now, please. Uh, I know. To, <laughs> try to organize a special shipping in Dubai cool. of this. It looks, it looks, I mean, it sounds delicious. It sounds delicious. It's yeah. so good. It is. Um, and I, I believe it. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for joining me, taking the time to chat. Um, is there anything you want to leave the folks with before we uh, depart? Just a small uh, note from my side, Lauren, when it comes to uh, appreciation and heritage, uh, just a small appeal to the young bartenders out there. There is so much you can learn from the Italian culture, especially actually bartender uh, listening, listening to us from, from Italy. Uh, just go back and see all the roots of beverages and try to get the classics right. And after getting all the classics right, you can experiment yourself. Try to get the everything by baby steps. It's so important. I love that. How about you, Haneta? Um, uh, Francesco, una cosa ultimamente da dire? L'ultima, da... l'ultima cosa prima di salutarci e andare a mangiare ah. le orecchiette. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'd like to share that nowadays in Italy, like many other countries, they are very interested in healthy cocktails. So I'd like to say that it's um, also due to the pandemic. So yeah. I've said to my client to sell my cocktail, it's low alcohol and it could help you to strength, strengthen the immune system. I used some, I, I used some spices that warm up your body. I explained not only the tasting notes, but also benefits 
So I think that when we create that cocktail, studying the nourishing prop uh, properties of ingredients can be a very good way to please our lovely customers. Like uh, fermented ingredients like kombucha, tepache, kimchi, and so on. So uh, because in, um, in Italy, maybe the traditional Italian clients can hesitate to choose because they think that the flavor can be too, too strong for, for them. But if you, if you, if we can explain well the benefits of cocktail, the clients can accept our experimental drink with pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I love that. Okay, I'm gonna leave y'all with one last sentence. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna spit out my Italian right now. Mangia bene, ridi spesso, ama molto. That's so cool, Lauren. That's so eat cool, well, laugh yeah. often, love much. It is fantastic. It is, it is, it is. Italians do it better. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Italians oh. do it better. Lauren, I thank you for it. thank you for having us. Lovely yeah. chat. Thank you so much for uh, joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you thank for you. having me. Any anytime, Lauren. Now you make me one of the Grony girls. I need to mix one for me. <laughs> Ciao, everyone. Bye, girls. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening to the Currency Exchange podcast. To learn more about Currency Exchange, World Class, or Diageo, visit fohealth.org backslash currency dash exchange dash podcast.